Good morning, Lance from Tabernacle, and welcome to our morning service. It's such a joy and a privilege in the same time to be able to worship together with you, to be able to pray and listen to God's word. Peter, thank you for leading us in worship this morning. And Luca, Michele, thank you for reading the scripture to us. Let us pray. Father God, we ask your help, we ask your guidance, and we ask to be with us as we look at in the scripture. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us. We realize that we are weak and we need you to be strong, to give us strength so we can grow in you and become more like Jesus, our Lord. In his mighty name we pray. Amen. Today we look in Malachi chapter 2, um, uh, one of the not easy uh, chapters in the Bible with um, a word from God to his people. And Malachi is the messenger. He is the one sent by God to speak to his people concerning their relationship uh, with God. And for us as Christians, it's very important to hear what God had to say um, for, for us, uh, what God has to say for our lives, as Christ, our Christian lives. Jesus himself many times repeats these words, the one who has ears, let them hear. And I believe God has something to say to us uh, this morning. I'm going to stick to the way the passage, the, the text is um, organized in NIV. And the first part of, of uh, chapter 2 is from verse 1 to verse 9. And I put a li this little title there, Faithfulness in Worship. God has set boundaries to worship at the temple. The sacrifices... Uh, those who perform the sacrifices, the way they are dressed, the, the way the worship is happening, or the singing, or the prayers. Everything is set in a pattern that God wants to be respect, wanted to be respected. And, and the people of God, we have no reason to believe that this is not, not it wasn't um, followed. A part of the fact that their sacrifices were not right in front of the Lord. They were bringing blemished animals to be sacrificed of the Lord um, to the Lord and and then this has not been pleasing to the Lord but God says that the reason why they do that is because of their heart God has taken care of everything that needs to be doing but then he says when you worship I look at your heart I look at your heart and because your heart is not right the sacrifices and the worship is not right he says there, they did not set their hearts to honour God. It's very important, uh, dear brothers and sisters, that we understand that. As Christians, we don't have priests. Um, but in First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are called that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that we may declare the praises of him who has called us out of the darkness into his wonderful light. It's very important that when we worship as a royal priesthood, we have our hearts set to honour God. Otherwise, it happens what happened to the priests in uh, Malachi's time. Their blessings, they bless the people and God has changed the blessing into curse. The land was not giving their crops, the food was scarce and expensive 
Their leaving was difficult among the nations that God has let them leave. They were under the government uh, of a, a foreign uh, country. They were not in a place where they wanted to be, where God promised them they will be. Do you remember when they were in the desert, they were brought out of Egypt with strong hand. And God said to them, I will take you in this country that floods with milk and honey. And there is the place where I want you to be. And here they are in the country that God promised them uh, that they will uh, be blessed abundantly. And there is no blessing. And they're asking why? Well, the problem is the heart of worship. Where is our hearts when we worship? Are our hearts set to honour God? How do we worship God? God has put in place everything that needed for worship. God has done everything for us. He has chosen us. He has redeemed us. He has made us a royal priesthood. He has made us a holy nation. He has made us a people belonging to God. And that is his first part. And the second part is on us. We are there set to declare his praises. And that depends on how our heart is. We need to be able to bring honour to God when we worship. Worship without honouring God is useless uh, religious exercise. So I pray this morning that your great and my greater concern, concern of our, my heart, will be to honour God. Secondly, in this passage, uh, God speaks very hard words to take. Uh, from verses 3 to 6. God threatens his priests uh, that he will throw them out together and with the awful orders of their sacrifices. Um, and and this, is, this, is, this is a, a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, he said, I will put it on your faces and you will be thrown out into the place where they will uh, throw out the awful, out of the city of God, in the place where rubbish was thrown out, in the Gehenna. And Jesus talks about that place in, in the Gospels. And why? Because you priests, you've missed the point. I have made the covenant, God says, with Levi, your ancestors, there in the desert, when I've asked, when, when the Aaron and the people built the golden calf, when God has asked, who is going to be with me? And the tribe of Levi said, we're going to be with you and we're going to be with, Mo uh, with Moses. And because of that, God has made an everlasting covenant with, with them that he will bless them and keep them. And, he, and they will serve him. There, God says, I set them apart and made a covenant of life and peace with them. There they served and worshipped me with reverence and they stood in awe of my name. They walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. Dear brother and dear sister, young and old, and, and you who have a grey hair, isn't this the call that God has given us as Christians? We've entered a covenant uh, not 
signed by us, but signed by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are expected to worship him, worship him with reverence. Be careful what we put in the worship. Be careful what we've got in our lips. Be careful what we've got in our hearts and live in peace and uprightness. And this way turn many from sin. Thirdly, in this passage, God talks about uh, teaching with faithfulness in the worship time. You see, when they were uh, at the temple where they were bringing uh, their sacrifices, there was a time where the book of the law was brought out and read um, in front of the people so they can hear it. Now, here God accuses the priest for not teaching the scriptures, the law, faithfully to the people. He said, you make a difference. The priest has to bring the message from God. He should be able to give instruction to the people. People are looking up to the priest for, for that. And the reality was that the priests have turned from the way, the way set by God. And maybe many have stumbled. They have violated the covenant of Levi. They have shown partiality in teaching the law. You remember in the Gospels, even Jesus talks about that. When, uh, uh, when he says uh, to the Pharisees, you say that if I give all my belongings, all my fortune to the temple, then I'm exempt for helping my parents. But is it like that? Are you not breaking the law when you are saying, or oh, giving my fortune to the Lord, so I can't help you to your parents? When in the scripture says, honor your father and your mother. And reality is, the law is there and the scripture is there and we are called to teach it as it is in the spirit and the letter of, of the scripture. So we are faithful in all that we do. Paul encourages and commands Timothy in his letter saying you have to preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. We must understand that our uh, worship is well received by God when we remain faithful to the teaching of Jesus. Anything else brings humiliation for the preacher and dishonors God. I'd encourage you to meditate a, a little bit at the end of this service on what or who is the cent central uh, person of what you are um, uh, preaching, teaching, or what you are believing. In a way or another, each one of us teaches something to those around them. We teach something um, our children, we teach something our wives, our husbands, we teach something uh, our neighbours through the way we live. Someone said that we are the fifth gospel, an open book that anyone can read. So I will encourage you to see and search our hearts and see where are we are we passing the truth to those around us? Are we faithful to the teaching of Jesus? Just to make sure we are in that place. If not, let us turn to the truth of the gospel. In the second part of this passage, um, 
the prophet talks and here it goes a little bit deeper. God says, I need you to look at something else in your life, my people. And he talks about faithfulness in marriage. There are two issues that the prophet tackles. And one is the marriage between Jews and foreign um, uh, women. And in this way, uh, they break the Lord's covenant. And then secondly, he looks uh, at the divorce based uh, on aversion or incompatibility between partners. God continues with a series of questions to challenge the status quo of the nation, who puts their responsibility or puts the responsibility for their failures on God. They said, well, it's your uh, problem that we are in this mess. God says, well, just look in the mirror and see where we are. Well, let's look at the marriage, he says. Why are you, he calls, why are you intermarrying? Why are you bringing uh, foreign women in, in, in a temple? Why are you doing this detestable thing? Um, why are you desecrating the sanctuary of the Lord? And he says, the results are devastating. I will weep off the person who does that, even if they come and continue to bring um, offerings in the temple. I think God's word is awful. It's, it's, um, it's a strong word from God. And makes you think. Then God challenges uh, the relationship between husbands and wives. And then he says, you bring, you, you fill my altar with, uh, with tears because God doesn't accept your worship. God seems to be distant. God seems to be um, uh, somewhere far away, deaf. He can't hear your prayers. And why is it that this happens? Well, God says, I'm looking at the covenant of marriage. It's not just a covenant between, between you and your wife. It's a covenant between you and your wife and myself. It's a three-way covenant. Do you realize that if you take me out of the picture, everything collapses? The marriage covenant says, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part, according to to God's holy ordinance. But that wasn't the case, was it? God challenges the worshipping Jew, saying, Look, you cry that you don't that I don't listen your plea, but you are in a broken covenant. Have I not made you one, says the Lord, in flesh and spirit? And why why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. Divorce and separation in marriage has devastating effects on children and on partners. Divorce and separation in marriage has eternal consequences on both partners and children. I have seen examples in Christians who decided to divorce and I've seen their children who have rejected the faith, have rejected Jesus, and they're even doubting that he loves them or can do anything for them. I pray uh, divorce is a very difficult situation. The Bible here in this passages tells us that God hates divorce. 
verse 16. And I pray that God, um, knowing our situation, will help us to have that repenting heart. I'm not sure what your situation is. And the situations would, would, diff, would be different for different people. But I pray that the Holy Spirit God, who can comfort, heal and transform, will touch your heart at this moment. If you feel that God is distant and doesn't accept your worship and you ask why, I'll encourage you to search your heart. See how your covenant is. Man, see how your covenant is with your wife. One day you said to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. Let us remember that God is a God who loves is a God who forgives. Is a God who let us approach the throne of grace and mercy. And he ministered those to us when he come near. He restores us. He gives us life and he gives us peace. I do hope that the Spirit of God spoke to you. I will not mention the verses and verses of uh, chapter 2 because I believe these are part of um, uh, chapter 3. Um, we'll be taken together to chapter 3. But let us remember that God has set apart a day when Jesus comes, when all this will be wiped off, when there will be no, nothing left. The earth will be rolled together as an old cloth and thrown away in the pit. Let us remember that Jesus comes with glory and let us remember that comes a day of resurrection. And let us remember there is a day when each one of us, with our own deeds, will give an account of what we've done and what we said or what we had in our hearts. Have we set our hearts to honour God? Have we set our hearts to honour our spouses? Have we set a good example to honour him through the way we live? Are we that open gospel that people can read and bless God and come to him and turn from sin. And are we a good testimony, a covenant that we hold there, the covenant of love in which we are with our spouses. May the eternal God, Father God and Holy Spirit, search you, change you, transform you and keep you strong in the faith that he has given you. The verse that I want to close with is this. And then guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith. For God is faithful in all of his ways. Amen.